morning, everyone. Welcome to the Lord's House for Worship today. Somebody gave me a gift a couple weeks ago. They made this pen for me. They bought these parts. You buy them in a kit. I've made these myself. But the neat thing about this is the wood. It comes with a certificate of authenticity. This is called K-A-U-R-I, Kauri Timber from the Forests Buried at the time of the last ice age in New Zealand. And so it came with a, a note from this person saying, this is wood from the flood. It's fascinating. And of course, marking its authenticity. Certainly the flood happened. But today in the word of God, we have God's certificate of authenticity that he will never do this again. He will never send judgment like this again and we get to give him thanks. Order of service is found in your worship folder and on screen at this time, let's begin with our opening hymn, 484.
Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature, and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Grant, O merciful Lord, to your faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. First lesson today from Genesis chapter 8 serves as a basis for the sermon. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. The word of the Lord. Fight the children forward for their anthem.
Second lesson this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God provides and gives generously for his people to be generous as well. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have provided your, or proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The word of the Lord. Gospel from Luke 17. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Christ. Please be seated for the hymn.
name of our Savior, Jesus, who gives us every reason to give thanks, fellow believers in him. Captains are supposed to go down with the ship. The captain of the Titanic did, E.J. Smith. And I think at first glance, you know, I think people would understand if Noah would have gone down with the ship. After all, I imagine he became pretty comfortable with that ship and grew very accustomed to it. He, he engineered it. He built it. He lived on it. That ship incubated him for a long time, for long days and long nights and long days that he couldn't even tell turned into night or nights that had turned into day because it was just dark from rain clouds all around him on the outside. But that ark held up. That ark was the constant, even when everything all around him was changing. The world changed beneath him. Plant life wiped off the map. Animals wiped off the map. People wiped off the map. Everything else was destroyed except what was on that ark. And now the water starts to recede. And the ark begins to go down. And the captain's going down with it. And that ark settles in the mountain range of, of Ararat. It actually didn't sink. It just settled right there in the mountains. But Noah... Noah still could have gone down with the ship. For a man who had seen the worst destructive power, not of the flood, but of God. That was God's power that made that happen. For Noah who had seen the worst power of God brought to bear on a world that was so sinful, oh, Noah could have been filled with terror in his heart over what he had seen. He could have been filled with constant nightmares. He, he could have been filled with anxiety over, over if this happened once, it, it could certainly happen again. And Noah could have never stepped one foot off the ark. So even though he survives the flood, he could have made that ark his grave. But Noah did what believers do. Noah heard and heeded the voice of God when he spoke and he acted. Here's what God said. Come out, you and your wife and your sons and their wives and the animals. So Noah came out together with the rest. You understand maritime law does not dictate that a captain must die with a sinking ship. If your ship is sinking, it does not mean the captain must automatically die. The job of the captain with the sinking ship is to ensure the safety of all of the passengers on board. And once they're all to safety, then the captain is to be the last one to exit the ship. So the captain still can be saved with the ship. Isn't that exactly what Noah did? Noah ensured the safety of everything on that boat. All of those animals were able to walk off. All of those other seven people that went on board, they walked off too. Noah was really the last one to walk off after ensuring the safety of everybody else. At God's command, Noah went on board with everybody else. And Noah trusted the promise of God to preserve them through that worst judgment. And now, God did. And at the voice of God, Noah hears it 
and he walks off. And what is Noah supposed to do? Trust, okay, now I'm on terra firma. Now I'm on dry ground. Now I'm safe. Uh Uh-uh. Those people pre-flood were on land and they weren't safe. And so as Noah walks off the ark, he's not thinking, boy, I'm safe now because I'm on dry ground. He's thinking, at the command of God who brought me on this ark and I trusted him and he followed through, now at the command of God coming off the ark, I trust God to protect his people even outside of the ark. And that's exactly what God did. God gave Noah a promise that he would never ever do this again, that he would provide for their safety on earth, that he had no reason whatsoever to be afraid. And God gives the the, uh, main point right here when he says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. What God was saying is, Noah, I'm giving you every reason to live, no reason to be afraid, every reason to thrive, every reason to settle down and fill the earth and enjoy it. Do you hear that? Are you hearing and heeding the voice of God, the same one that Noah heard? Are you hearing the Lord's promise over the prattle of all of the people today who are putting forth all of these ideas about the end of the world? And certainly there are people who have done so from a religious standpoint, but today, over and over again, it's coming more and more from a scientific standpoint. Oh, you've got to be afraid of the farmer. You've got to be afraid of the cows and what's coming, coming out of the cows today, the gases that are coming from them, global warming. We better find a solution for this to be an answer to save the world. And if we don't address all of these things, well, then the tides are going to rise and, the, and continents are going to flood over. How many times hasn't science come up with its own doomsday scenarios that haven't once come true because they fly in the face of God's promise. How many times already in our day and age hasn't the world supposedly supposed to have ended because of some scientific doomsday scenario and it hasn't come true because God won't let it. And yet still Christians are in danger of going down with the ship. Still Christians are in danger of going down with the ship and running back, not to an ark, but to a dark, cavernous place in life. By thinking the sky is falling, nature is coming to an end, it's all imploding on itself, it's doom and gloom, and so we run and hide, we give up on the gospel and the foundation of faith that God has given to us from baptism, We forget our our mission that God has given to us to go and make disciples. Instead, we get all turned inward and concerned about ourselves and, and scared and living in fear. Honestly, Noah could have done that too. If anybody had a reason to run and hide and run scared, wasn't it Noah? After all, he scientifically saw the flood happen. Noah was an eyewitness to this destruction. And if anybody could have said scientifically, Lord, wait a minute, this happened one time already in my lifetime. 
it can happen again. If anybody had reason to be afraid, if anybody had reason to cower and run and hide, it was Noah and his family. But he heard the word of God. And God said, no, Noah, I will never, ever do this again on this scale. I will never send a judgment like this to the earth. I will never, ever do again what I have done. And what is God doing by promising that? He's giving Noah and his family reason to come off the ark and to live and to breathe and to trust and to thrive and to settle down and have families and to farm the land and to reap a harvest and to go forward in life. And that is exactly what they did. Noah, by the promise of God, teaches all the other believers, don't go down with the ship. Instead, look to God for every reason to live. In fact, go forward in worship and thanks. That's the proper response. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. You know... This is a great Bible study to look at all of the offerings that were in the Old Testament. Some offerings were given at the temple or at the tabernacle and the priest was able to eat some of that offering according to what was commanded. Sometimes when the worshiper would bring an offering, sometimes a priest would get some, sometimes even the worshiper would get some and they would have a meal together and celebrate fellowship. But that's not what this kind of sacrifice Noah gave here is. This is called a burnt offering. So what he did, and, and one commentator said this was probably given the proportion of animals that were alive at this point, the most expensive sacrifice ever offered. And so Noah offers these things and they go entirely on it. No part is withheld. Every part is put on the altar and offered up to the Lord and the smoke goes up. It's one of my favorite offerings, the burnt offering, because it's a picture of what the worshiper is saying in their heart. Lord, just as this whole animal is burned up and consumed and, if you will, goes up to the Lord, Lord, that's me. I'm totally yours. I'm not holding anything back. <laughs> you get every part of me, my head, my heart, my soul, my strength, my mind, my abilities, my body. Every part of me is offered to you. I am totally, 100% devoted to you. Every part of me is yours going forward. And as Noah offered these things, the smoke rises to God. And Genesis tells us what God thought about that. It, God was pleased in his heart. It's as if... It put a smile on his face. God was delighted in what Noah did here. And we have to ask why. Because God gives a commentary on what he still sees on the earth in these eight people. Every inclination of their hearts are only evil all the time. Well, this, this, 
actually is the justification in Genesis 6 for why God sent the flood. God saw how wicked and corrupt man's hearts were and he was grieved that he had made man and that gave him justification to send the flood. And now here in Genesis 8, God looks down and he's, he sees man is still sinful. Even though the flood wiped out the world of, of sinners, it still didn't stop sin in the lives of these eight. And Noah's children and grandchildren, oh boy, they were ever going to make a mess of this world right on down to today as sinners like you and me still continue to do so. Original sin still exists in the heart. And hearts are wicked and corrupt from idea to implementation and execution. Everything in here is corrupt. And yet God uses Noah's offering as justification to say, I will never, ever send a flood like this in judgment on the world again. With all respect to the Lord, this isn't good enough. I hope this promise that God gives here, as wonderful as it is, is not good enough for you either. Because sinners can still go down with the ship. There are a lot of people who are not afraid of anything in life. They're not afraid of science. They're not afraid of what they're hearing. They're not afraid of farming. They're not afraid of hiking and enjoying nature. They're not afraid of of living, and so they're living their lives with whatever happens. They're just going about their life. But you know what they're not doing? They're not addressing sin. They're not worshiping the Lord. And they are not giving thanks to the Lord. And when Jesus does come on that last day, even if he preserves the days all the way, and he will, all the way up until that last day, at the command of the voice of the Lord, they will go down with the ship. Please don't. Don't let that happen to you. Why was God pleased with Noah's sacrifice even though his heart was still corrupt like those people pre-flood. It's because now, through through the descendants of Noah, nothing could stop God's plan from bringing about what he bound himself to in the Garden of Eden. Now God can, through the descendants of Noah, bring about that final promise of bringing about a Savior from sin, a Savior who would address this, a Savior who would deal with this for sinners. And so through Noah's descendants, God finally brought that about. And he sent that Savior. And in answer to his oath to Adam and Eve, And to the rest of the world as well, God showed his answer when he bound his own son on the cross. Jesus captained his life to go down with that ship. And in doing so, he did what every great captain is supposed to do according to maritime law. Jesus ensured that any sinner who trusts in him, that any sinner who turns from sin, and turns to the Lord Jesus, would escape. And in in that promise that God finished in the cross, he demonstrated an even greater power than the flood. He demonstrated the power of the resurrection. 
and unleashed a flood of forgiveness and grace and mercy in the preaching of the gospel to the world, which has now come to you and your children and your grandchildren, as they even expressed in song today. That through faith in Jesus, not only do you see you have nothing to fear that God will never send a worldwide flood like he did, but do you understand you don't have any judgment to fear? Even the one when Jesus stands on, the, on this earth on the last day. Your sins are forgiven. So worship the Lord. Trust the Lord in everything He says. Give the Lord every single part of who you are in total devotion. Give, let thanks rise from your heart and life in every way as you go about your life in joyful praise and thanks to the Lord. Because of Jesus, we're not going down with the ship. Because of Jesus, we are going to walk off this dirt by the command and promise of God to glory. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which surpasses our understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in the creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. One holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Lord, no matter how this world brings us down, by your Spirit, lift up our lives and thanks to you from each and every part. As Noah heard and obeyed and led his family to trust you on or off the ark, give us ears to hear and never doubt that you will protect us. Honor your word and rescue us from this world of sin. Thank you, Lord, for your tremendous care and your power to save. Eugene and Rachel Robb are no stranger to seeing that mighty hand. For 66 years, you have been their rock, guiding them by your word, blessing their family and upholding them. Lord, they give you thanks and praise today. As you receive this prayer, smile on them as you did Noah and continue to preserve them according to your word. Shelley Keither has hip surgery tomorrow. 
Let your mighty hand shield her from all harm and your mighty word fill her with confidence that you go with her, directing all these things. Lord, we ask for a successful surgery that she too can walk away from this to live a life of thanksgiving to you. And lastly, Lord, the people of Florida have been through tremendous tragedy and hardship and even loss. Come to their aid, both by your word and by helping speed the cleanup, as well as minimizing scammers and looters. Bring them out of this better than before, that you will not only watch over their life on land, but through Jesus, even give them eternal life. And we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated. 